Welcome to Point of Pivot, a podcast for ladies who are on a journey to reclaim their health, fitness, and confidence. I'm your host, Emily, a wife, mother, and nutrition coach who understands what it's like to be frustrated and spin her wheels looking for results. Together, we'll dive into the world of macro counting, weightlifting, and explore how to create sustainable behavior change. I'll be sharing tips and strategies to empower you to shift your mindset, habits, and behaviors to finally be able to break free from feeling stuck and disappointed and to discover how to sustain these results for life. Hey guys, welcome back to Point of Pivot. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas season. It's crazy that we're already in 2024. I can hardly believe it. I know that everybody says that every year, so it's kind of cliche, but it really just does feel like this year went so quickly. But uh, today on the podcast, I wanted to talk about reverse dieting because one of the things that I've noticed with some of my clients and, you know, just any, especially if they are new to macro tracking or kind of how to periodize their nutrition is that a reverse diet can be a little bit difficult mentally. And so I just want to just kind of explain the how, the what, the why of a reverse diet a little bit more in depth. Um, And if you haven't listened before to my episode on nutrition periodization, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because that is an overview of of how um, periodizing your nutrition can really be useful, can be helpful, and really help you to reach your goals. And then also it kind of explains why uh, we shouldn't be in a dieting phase all year all year long and like how some of the not or staying in a diet rather can cause a lot of different hormonal issues and cause your body not to respond optimally. So I just want to go kind of through the reverse diet specifically today and really explain what it will do for you and how it can be helpful on your journey. So what exactly is a reverse diet? Well, a reverse diet is twofold. So I personally use it often with some of my clients who have been chronically under eating for a long time. And the purpose of that is more of an, um, a metabolic priming kind of, so to speak, it's to upregulate the metabolism, the hormone levels in order to get your body in in an optimal position to be able to lose body fat. And the second main reason of a reverse diet is it's the vehicle that you get from the bottom of a caloric deficit where you are under eating what your body actually needs to get back up to maintenance where you're maintaining your weight. And so basically you're wanting to minimize fat regain. And so that's what the reverse diet is. And it kind of takes advantage of the adaptive thermogenesis where your body will start to adapt to the new inputs given to be able to to minimize fat gain at all. And so I really liked Lane Norton's definition and his definition is, A reverse diet is a controlled periodic increase in calories to improve energy expenditure while limiting fat gain. So it's basically a strategic way of increasing your food intake gradually to bump up your metabolism. And a few different people have different trains of thought on this. Some coaches will just say, you know, it's fine from the bottom of a caloric deficit to just jump right back up to maintenance. And then your body or your weight will kind of even out, even if it spikes a little bit at the beginning. I personally don't really subscribe to this train of thought. I personally prefer to do a slow 
um, a slow increase because that allows your body to adapt each each increase and to minimize any scale fluctuations. Because honestly, even though when you are increasing calories, what you are increasing, even if you see a scale increase, it's often water weight, additional food volume. It's not actually fat, but the scale increase can be tough for a lot of women mentally. So personally, I think that the slow approach is a little bit better. And that's what I have done on my own in my own journey as well. So I am comfortable with that a lot more than just jumping right back up to maintenance, but it's really a personal decision. So, you know, that's kind of what it is. And it basically gives your body kind of a reset button and a chance to rebuild the metabolic capacity after a dieting phase. But like I was saying, the the idea of a reverse diet is based on adaptive thermogenesis, which is metabolic adaptation. And so that's a protective process that alters your body's metabolism to increase energy and take and decrease energy output in an effort to slow down weight loss. And so here's the thing is when you diet more or eat below what you actually need for too long, there's less leptin, which is our satiety hormone. So we have two hormones that kind of regulate um, our hunger and leptin is satiety. So it helps us to feel full. And then ghrelin is our hunger hormone. So that in increases when we are dieting. And also it, it affects our thyroid hormones. So there's less T3. And that means that we have increased hunger and our metabolism actually downregulates. And then as I said too, the ghrelin goes up. So our hunger hormone goes up and then cortisol, our stress hormone increases as well. And so chronic dieting can cause a downregulation to your metabolism, which then results in a difficulty losing weight and makes it easier to gain weight. So your body is incredibly smart. It's going to adapt to the inputs it's given. So if you're under eating, what your body actually needs for too long, which is what a lot of people do is they want to, you know, eat 1200 calories or just like cut calories like constantly, your body basically will learn to operate on that low calorie intake because that becomes kind of your adapted maintenance. And the decrease in output is your body's way of trying to keep you safe. Your body doesn't actually know that you're not starving, so it's going to hold on to the needed energy to keep you alive. And that's why systematically adding those calories back in and allowing your body to adapt to those new inputs can help to optimize your metabolism. So when you're in a dieting phase, your body will send signals to try to get more energy and get you to eat more. And it does this through a few different mechanisms. So things like hormone changes. So your body is going to release or suppress different hormones. Like I was saying about ghrelin, insulin, leptin, and peptides and things like that to increase your hunger and push you to eat more because it's trying to, your body basically, if you picture it, your body is like, it's like a scale, like one of those balancing scales. So it's trying to balance itself. And so it wants the energy coming in to match the energy going out. And so that's really where you're going to see, you know, an increase in, hor- in hunger. Um, and then the hormone changes are kind of responsible for that. So it's going to decrease your resting metabolic rate, your RMR, because your body will focus its energy on vital organs to keep you alive. So less energy then is going to be dedicated to what it's deeming non-essential functions. So things like hair and nail growth, or even especially if they're um, 
I know of a few women that this has happened to, but women who have a menstrual cycle, a lot of times if they have chronically dieted for years and years, they can actually lose their menstrual cycle because reproducing isn't actually a necessary function. So if you think of it like this, like if you don't have enough food to keep you alive, you definitely don't have enough food to support reproducing. So it's not going to be something that your body's going to prioritize and therefore you can lose your monthly cycle. Also, you're going to have a decrease in energy activity thermogenesis. So you might feel like you have less energy to exercise or you'll see maybe a notable decrease in performance. So like if you're um, if you're working out or you're doing just normal daily activities, even you're going to probably find yourself wanting to sit more and you will not have the energy that you need. And I definitely personally have noticed this a lot when I am in a dieting phase especially as the calories get lower and I'm further along in that dieting phase, I definitely notice that there's just not, I don't have the energy that I normally do. But what this does is it, it, you will burn actually fewer calories during a workout even because your body really is trying to balance that scale um, just to keep you, you know, in a normal, um, uh, keep you in homeostasis is really what your body's trying to do. And then you'll also have a decrease in non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT. And if you remember from other podcasts, I've explained that NEAT includes any energy like for daily tasks like laundry or, you know, cleaning your house, walking, fidgeting, things like that. Basically, general movement is, is classified as NEAT activity. So you might, you may not even realize that you're doing this is like things like you'll subconsciously choose to park your car closer to your destination so that you don't have to walk as far. Maybe you just won't have the energy or desire to do household chores. I don't know that anybody always wants to do that anyway, but you're, you will do things like avoid random movements without even realizing it. Even like personally, when I talk on the phone, a lot of times I pace and I'll just like kind of walk around no matter what. My family kind of makes fun of me for that sometimes. But you'll do things like that where you're going to do that less because your body is trying to conserve the energy that it needs. But another another effect of dieting is that it will slow your digestion. And so during periods of calorie restriction, you may notice that your body will slow down digestion And it also will absorb, it won't absorb as many nutrients, or excuse me, it will absorb as many nutrients and calories as possible. And the thermic effect of food decreases since less food's being consumed. So remember your total daily energy expenditure, aka your maintenance, is made up of a few different factors. It's made of your basal metabolic rate, which is the base number of calories it takes to keep you alive. It's made up of the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT, which is daily movements. And then it's made up of the thermic effect of food, which is the amount of calories needed to to, um, digest food. And then it's made up of exercise activity thermogenesis, so whatever calories you burn from exercise. So all of those components go into your total daily energy expenditure. And so your thermic effect of food is going to decrease because there's less energy coming in. But the good news about all this is that studies suggest that metabolic adaptation likely is not permanent. So your metabolism can gradually increase as your calorie intake increases. And I have seen this. I very much noticed this 
the first, um, my first introduction to macro counting and going through the nutrition periodization process, I noticed at the top of my reverse, I was ravenously hungry. And so you can really see this as you go through this, but a lot of times, especially when you first go through it, it could be scary because you haven't done it before. And the thought of increasing food is so counterintuitive to what we think we need to do to reach our, our body goals. So it is a mental game. I would definitely say it is a lot more mentally challenging than most people realize. And so I think that's where it's important if you do work with a coach that you work with someone that you can ask questions to that you feel is um, that you feel like you trust the process with them and that they can explain to you kind of what to expect because I think that is a really important thing because it is very scary when you want to lose fat to have someone say you actually should eat more but really your body needs the energy especially if you're wanting to have some body recomposition so you're wanting to change the, um, maybe your muscle mass, you're wanting to look lean and toned, you're going to need that food in order to build the muscle necessary to be able to have muscle to reveal once you lose body fat. Um, and then a lot of times too, with reverse dieting, it's thought that most weight regain is um, after a diet as a result of excessive calorie intake. So reverse dieting helps your body to slowly increase or adapt to those increases in a slow and systematic way. So it helps your body to restore its metabolic rate. It helps to manage hunger levels and then uh, reduces any rapid weight regain. So maintenance is a range. Um, and I think a lot of times when people reverse out of a calorie deficit, they're afraid of gaining regaining all the weight. And I know that was true for me too. Um, but I think that the thing to remember is that when is that your scale weight may fluctuate and you can overshoot your maintenance and be in a surplus, but you just need to kind of through trial and error, you'll see, um, where your maintenance really is. And you do this by taking data from your body. So this is why measurements and photos actually tell a bigger part of the story than even the scale weight, because you may have your scale weight not change a ton, but your waist measurement goes down, or you can tell that your clothes fit differently or your jewelry fits differently. And so those actually tell more of the story of of what you're actually, what's changing in your body. And um, so this, all the reverse diet really helps your body to be optimized in and helps you to be able to kind of get to where you wanna go with your goals a little bit easier. So I wanna talk a little bit about why chronic undereating is a problem. And if you think of your metabolism, it's basically a stress barometer. So chronic undereating is a stress. And because your body's one job is to keep you alive, it'll downregulate if it's consistently not being given enough energy. And you can have all kinds of negative biofeedback when you undereat for too long. So biofeedback is kind of how you're feeling. So it's things that you may not even realize are related to chronic undereating. So you can have things like mood swings, 
you can have digestive problems, you can have brain fog. Um, a lot of times people feel constantly cold if they chronically undereat or they feel fatigued. You can have sleep issues. And a lot of things, you know, can be affected because you can, especially because a lot of these can be hormone issues anyway. So especially if you're a woman near menopause, you can have some of these things just from hormone fluctuations. So sometimes it's not, you don't even really realize that maybe it's from the amount of food that you're eating. And so reverse dieting can give you kind of that boost before a dieting phase. And the way it does that is because it upregulates all of those hormone levels and helps your body to feel safe. And so it's kind of setting yourself up for success with a dieting phase because it kind of upregulates everything, gets everything working a little bit more optimally. Um, but it does require a little bit of a mindset shift to feel comfortable eating more food. And that is so, that is such a, a struggle for a lot of women. Um, just the thought of increasing your food when you want to lose weight just is really hard sometimes. And our culture really has drilled into us the importance of eat less, move more with an approach to weight loss and I mean, that's why you see the dieting industry is such a huge industry. And you'll see things like you don't know what to believe almost because you hear people promoting keto. You hear them promoting Optavia where you're I that one. I can't even imagine trying that just because you're eating so little and it's all these prepackaged meals, I believe. I'm not 100 percent sure how all that works with Optavia, but, um, you know, trying to sell you on all these things to basically starve yourself. And that's really not going to help you long-term. Number one, it's not sustainable. It's not something that you're going to be able to do for life. And if you can't do something for the long-term, then you're not going to keep the results for the long-term either. And so I think that's where we need to kind of shift our mindset with our approach to weight loss and realize that food is fuel. And I, and a lot of times we, with, so with a lot of women that I've worked with or just things that I've read, that mindset shift and healing that relationship with food is often the bigger struggle, even more than losing weight, because we think that we have to just chronically undereat, And it almost is like punishing ourselves because our body isn't doing what we want it to do. And so I think a lot of what one of the benefits of reverse dieting and of um, just learning to eat for your body is that it helps you to realize that food isn't the enemy and its purpose is to fuel you and to fuel your goals. And it's just learning what your body specifically actually needs in order to thrive. And this can, and like I said, it could be a little bit of trial and error because when I do a macro calculation for a client, I take into, there's a, there's a mathematical formula that I use. You can look online for TDEE calculators and they'll are, they're all going to tell you a little bit of a different number. And it's based on, on, you know, your age, your weight, your lifestyle factors, um, your, your gender, um, dieting history, that kind of thing. And so it also takes, well, a TDEE calculator isn't going to necessarily take into account if you have different conditions like thyroid hormone or thyroid, um, like hypothyroidism or, you know, different PCOS, different, different um, health issues. It's not going to take into account that. And there's different protocols for those types of situations. So 
But basically what a TDEE calculator is going to give you is a, its best guess. And even the best coach in the world is only going to be able to give you their best guess. And what you're going to find is that as you go through this process, you're going to learn more about you and what your body actually needs to thrive. And so that's that I think, at least for me, has been one of the biggest benefits of learning this process is just to be aware of about where my maintenance is and also just how how much I feel I need to fuel my workouts, to fuel my life, and to feel good. And I've even had clients tell me that they have less joint pain, they have way more energy, They're, they notice just how they feel is so much better by increasing their food. And, um, you know, this isn't to say like you should eat, you should gorge yourself or you should eat more than your body needs. It's just finding that sweet spot where it's going to help you to, to, um, it'll help support your life and help you to feel good. And it really is that sweet spot that we're kind of looking for. And my true hope for, for all of you is that you are, are able to have a good relationship with food and to not have the chronic stress that comes from chronic dieting because it really does cause so many other issues and, and us unnecessary frustration. It causes a lot of women to feel like they are broken and not able to be fixed. It causes women to feel frustrated because they feel like nothing works. And so I would just encourage you that if you have chronically dieted for a long time and you're scared to do a reverse diet, I would just encourage you to maybe try to reframe and realize that you can do hard things that in order to get a different outcome, you have to take different actions. And I definitely, for me personally, this was definitely something that I felt with the reverse diet that I initially went on because I was a quote unquote hyper responder, which not everybody is. Um, and I lost the majority of my own weight doing a reverse diet. Um, this isn't always the case, but for me, it really was like kind of that it helped me to put trust in the process, but also I felt so much better and I felt by the end of, by the top of my reverse, by the time I went into a, a deficit, I felt like maybe I can do this. And it really helped to build that confidence for me. Um, and so that it, that way is one way that it was super beneficial. And it really does come down to that mindset though, because it's really mentally challenging. And the, you may find this, if you go through this process, you may find that that's similar for you. Because I feel like most of the clients I've worked with have said that the mindset definitely is the issue. And I think that's really, the mindset is the issue in all kinds of areas of life. But when it comes to reverse dieting, our mental game plays a huge role. It's really hard to increase your food intake mentally. And it's part of your journey though. And it's the, our old habits can be easy, but they might be the very thing that's keeping you stuck. And a lot of times it's more difficult at the beginning because it's new and you haven't had those little proofs yet. You haven't stacked those small wins and you don't have the proof that it's going to work. And you may even think, well, why will this work when nothing else has up to this point? You know, and like I was saying, it you might feel like you're broken, but it's like this with anything. If you stack those small wins, you'll eventually start to trust the process. 
And when you're in that metabolic priming phase of your reverse, you may lose weight or you may not. Uh, everybody's a little bit different. But when you're reversing up after a deficit, you're going to see that the point is to minimize that fat gain. And so even though you might see a little increase in scale weight from the bottom of your deficit, that doesn't equate to fat. You're eating more food. And I think the more that you go through this, the more you see that. I know when I first uh, went through the nutrition periodization process, I would definitely say that I was afraid that I was going to regain the weight that I had lost. I was a lot more obsessive about it. It definitely was something that I was afraid that if I went out to a restaurant or I didn't track perfectly that I was going to lose my results. And so the longer I've done this process, and it's been several years now, the longer I've done this, I realized that when you upregulate your hormone levels and your metabolism and you get things in a better space and it helped, you're also a little side tangent, but um, the other thing that is a benefit is you start to build the habits that support that outcome. And so definitely it's been a process and realize that we're all works in progress. And so it's, it's part of the journey to learn um, that food is fuel and that you can use this tool of macro counting and periodizing your nutrition to be able to reach your goals, but it will be a journey for you. And a lot of it is mental. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you in that because I, I've been there and I totally understand that it's mentally challenging sometimes, but if you think about too, if you do have some increases in your scale weight, which usually is a range too, because if you think about it like this, the amount of calories we burn every day isn't exact either. So that's why I say maintenance is a range because some days we might exercise or move a, a whole lot more than other days. Maybe another day we're traveling and we move less. So you're going to obviously burn a little bit less those days, but Part of what you, when you make things a little bit more consistent is your body starts to have that homeostatic balance and um, you'll start even to feel hungry at the times you normally eat. And um, yeah, you just, it just, it changes a lot of things for you. But when you increase your food, you'll have more carbs in your liver and your muscles in the form of glycogen stores. You'll have an increase in fluid retention and an increased sodium related to related to your increase in calories too. So if you think about this too with carbs, so this is why like low carb diets, a lot of people think, oh, I've lost all this weight, but your body actually holds three grams of water for every gram of carbs. So those low carb diets don't actually equate to fat loss. They are mostly water loss. Um, or if there is fat loss, it's because of a calorie deficit because all roads lead to Rome. Um, you lose weight from reducing calories. But as I was saying earlier, you just want to make sure that you're not chronically restricting for a long time because that's not going to help you. And just remember that most people have a maintenance range of about three to five-ish pounds. That's pretty normal for most people as far as like their maintenance because, you know, it's not the same every one from one day to the next. 
But just to give you a little recap of kind of what we've talked about today, there are two purposes to a reverse diet. So the first one, what I like to call the metabolic priming phase, is to help the metabolism and hormone levels to be upregulated and optimized, and it allows a little for a little bit of better success with a fat loss phase. And then from the bottom of a deficit, the reverse is the vehicle that's going to bring you back up to your new maintenance after your fat loss phase. So just remember though, that once you have lost weight, once you've lost fat, your new maintenance will likely be lower than your pre-diet maintenance because it takes less food to sustain a smaller person. So this is part of the reason that it's important to optimize your metabolism as much as you can before you enter into a fat loss phase. And, you know, just a little plug here too for the importance of adding muscle tissue to your frame, um, which you can do in uh, maintenance and in a surplus, but it's really a good idea to add muscle to your frame because muscle is metabolic tissue. So the more muscle that you have, the more calories your body will burn and also the more lean and toned you're going to look with muscle. And so... Um, I just would encourage you to spend as much time as you can in maintenance. The majority of our life should be spent in maintenance and dieting phases should be short and sweet and get the job done and then get out of it. At least that's kind of my approach to it because it's not fun. Uh, Dieting phase is not fun. And so I would just encourage you to, if you have been chronically dieting, to work through this process and work through it with a coach or even on your own and try it out and see how you feel and really start to pay attention to what your body does and where you feel your very best. So I just, I would love to thank you for tuning in today. And I hope that there has been maybe some some um, information that you maybe could apply to your own journey. Hopefully this has been helpful information to you um, or for you, (laughs) but thank you for tuning in. And if you ever want to reach out and just share what you liked about the episode or things that maybe I could improve upon or help you with, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to DM me on Instagram and it's at Emily Eboa coaching on Instagram. And so Thank you again. And if you feel so compelled to leave a five-star rating or review on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would greatly appreciate that. But thank you again, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Pivot. I hope today's discussion has been helpful for you and provided you with some insights and maybe a little inspiration you can use on your journey to a healthier life. If you ever have questions, comments, or topics you'd like to see covered on future episodes, please don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram at Emily Eboa Coaching. And if you're ever ready to take that step toward transforming your life, I'm here to guide you through coaching. And if this has been helpful for you, please consider sharing this episode to someone else who would enjoy it or on your stories on Instagram. As always, thank you for being here and I will see you next time.